Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hi everyone, Kristen Sonata Walker here and we are doing our round table series with Dr. Paul Meyer. Hey Paul. Hey, how you doing Kristen? <laughs> I'm at half mast uh, today but I will get over it just from a stomach thing. Um, not listeners, you wanted to hear that, probably not, but you know what? We do shows anyway, and this is about mental health. So talking about how you really are doing is a good thing because we don't always have to pretend like everything is perfect. So that's, that's my, right. that's my soapbox. I'm sticking to it. Mally Van is we here also. Hi. Hi, every, hi everyone no don't don't edit this you know it's so funny That's what we do i'm like i'm bummed out right now for several reasons and this is like confession night number one my son dislocated his shoulder a couple of weeks ago so he's in physical therapy number two i fell down the stairs a couple of days ago and yeah. broke a rib that wasn't fun. Oh, wow. and I know. And then today, my little boy that's seven and is autistic, he backed into our gas logs uh, glass and it burned his little bum. It burned his, his little hiney. It was horrible. And he didn't even cry. He didn't cry. I didn't even know what had happened until he got home this evening and he got ready to take his bath and I saw the burn. I mean, this just goes to prove that little, you know, kids with autism spectrum disorder have different pain tolerances, but I'm yes. feeling like the worst mom ever for letting that happen this morning. I just kind of down in the dumps. I'm down in the dumps about the that. Is school going to think I'm abusing him? I'm like, Melanie, you're like the poster child for the perfect mother. I don't uh, think it is the worst. It looks so bad. And he's just jumping around happy and giggling like it's not bothering him, but Oh, yeah, not feeling. Yeah, everyone has their day. Right? You can't laugh, can you, with the broken rib? It hurts. It, 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 I told Kristen she wasn't allowed to come over to my house anymore today because she comes over here and makes me laugh. I literally, I was like, I was like, get out. Get out right now. Get out. No, I can't, I can't no help it. Allowed. 
I can't yeah. help it. Even if I don't feel well, it actually made me feel good, Paul, because I really physically, I don't feel well. And you're right. I need to get like roll aids and stuff because this is ridiculous because I, I took them because my arm hurts from being on the computer so much, this aspirin, and I didn't take it with food and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. I really did not feel well today. And I had to do some shows and stuff like that. And I made everybody laugh made myself laugh. And then I was driving back in the car from Melanie's house. And I was like, I sure laugh a lot. Like, that's a good thing. Even when I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah. Just good, like a medicine does. It does. It does. Except when you have a, except when you have a broken rib, it isn't that bad, bad, Paul. It just, it hurts when I lay down at night. That hurts really bad when I do that. It, you know, it feels like a lot of pressure and pulling, but there's a couple of other little things I do that really makes it hurt, but otherwise it's it's not that bad. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, now we interrupted you, Paul. Because you were gonna say something profound and you, and I interrupted. I'm sure it was me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now, right? It'll come okay. back. Well we haven't even told people what our topic is yet. I know, you're we right. Decided, what we decided to talk about, uh a little while ago, <laughs> we, you know, we get together before the show and say, well, we haven't talked about this yet. How about that? And, uh, yeah, let's do that. And the reason we do that, that may sound irresponsible. And some of you probably think it is, but the reason we do that is because if we don't, you know, we're professionals and if we don't know it on the top of our head, then if we have to look it up and you don't need to know it. Right. <laughs> this is that. true. This <laughs> is know. true. So, and, no, no and, there are some things that we do look up, you know, but yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about personality tonight. What, what is a personality? You know, what, what's your personality and, you know, uh, how did it come to be and what can you do about it? And just whatever comes to our mind about, about personality. And, uh, like they say, a married couple, uh, is really, uh, married to somebody different every 10 years. If you stay together for 50, then every 10 years you marry somebody else because your personality changes. Not a lot, you know, but it changes. And uh, every 10 years you mature and it's different than it was before. So you have to mm -hmm. sort of get remarried to your mate every 10 years. <laughs> so that's, that's just one thought. Yeah, and that's interesting too because we've certainly talked a lot about personality disorders. And um, we're not going to talk about those tonight, but just in no, a normal juxtaposition, yeah. yeah, just that that's where those are difficult because they don't evolve and change. They're always the same. So, um, so yeah, we're going to do the flip side of that tonight and talk about, yeah, well, you do evolve and you do change. And that's the point. And, um, and, and really like, what is, what is personality? What are, what are your, what were you taught in school, Paul? <laughs> Well, I, I think personality is um, your, that's a good question. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's the way you feel, the way you think, the way you act. Um, there's, uh, you know, whenever, they say whenever two people meet, there's really six people present. Uh, the two people, <laughs> the two people, the two people as they see themselves, the two people as they see each other. And the two people as they really are, and none of them, and none of none of us really knows all, you know, all three of those, you know. So there's our our true personality that we don't even know, you know, that's mostly unconscious. Then there's the personality that we know, and then there's the 
personality that we sort of project out, uh, you know, with our friends. And then, there, then there's the perfect personality that people put on Facebook. <laughs> yes, but, exactly. Um, and, and, and according to psychiatry research, um, about uh, 50% of our basic personality traits, like the way we look at life, the way we look at mirrors, the way we look at males and females and, and, and different things in life, ourselves, and about 50% of our basic personality is formed by the third birthday, and about 85% by the sixth birthday. Good so, um, yeah, but, but we can change no matter how old we are, you know, through therapy and, um, you know, my, my, one of my psychiatry professors said there's only three things that can, that can uh, change a man. Now he's talking about males, you know, <laughs> change mm-hmm. a man. Uh, let's see, let's see if I remember what the word, uh, one of them's a woman, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course. uh, and, and one of them's God and the other one's therapy, I think. I think he, he was saying this, the, the third one that can really change somebody. But uh, there, are, there, I'll say one more uh, uh, thing, and then I'll butt out for a while. But there's <laughs> three things. I think there's three things that determine our personality. And, and I'm simplifying because there's a thousand things. But genes, environment, and choices. So part of our personality uh, we inherit. Just like different kinds of dogs have different personalities. I mean, there's some really nice pit bulls, but... On the average, you know, pit bulls are a little more, you know, hostile and aggressive than St. Bernard's who are, you know, they'd lick somebody trying to spank them probably. You know? Right. And, uh, and uh, people have different basic personalities that we're born with. So uh, genes and then our environment, the early childhood environment has so much, you know, to do with it. Um, you know, getting criticized a lot growing up or abused uh, and, and then kids think mm-hmm. to do with it. And, uh, and develop low self-esteem and things as a result, you know, so environment is real big. But thank God for choices. You know, uh, Kristen, you and, and Melanie and I have all made lots of choices in our lives that have uh, hopefully improved our personalities over the years, you know. Right. I hope so. Uh-huh. And, uh, Gosh, and, and, and no matter what people have been through, I've seen people that have come from the most horrible childhoods imaginable that have turned out just awesome, really wonderful, because they made a lot of really good choices along the way. Mm-hmm. And one of That's the things in, 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 included in the environment is, is God that we'll mention somewhere down the line. Absolutely. Melanie, have... To inner choices. Yeah, and I wanted to... I'm done. Bring, I'm done. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up, too, you know, but um, Melanie, what about you, you know, with your how was that talked about, you know, when you were in school to, you know, become a counselor, just basic personality? Well, I immediately think about personality inventories immediately. So I think about, um, I think about uh, the MMPI. Uh, I think about the Enneagram system. And uh, I think about my, you know, personality at, because, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Kristen, I'm an INFJ, and those are like 1% of the population. So I'm like freaks of the world. And <laughs> you and my son. Yes, exactly. Uh, none, of us, none, none of us, none of us listening in our family right now know what a MS, uh, whatever those letters are. Yes. So you might want to explain uh, what that means. And, yes. and also well, MMPI, by the way, for those who don't know, MMPI is a test given all over the world. Uh, to yes, get into it is. grad school, medical school, and psychologists and psychiatrists use it. 
and it measures 27 aspects of your personality, and it's really pretty accurate. A computer does the guessing, and it's really, uh, it's really, really pretty cool and very helpful. But go ahead. What's what were that? Those yeah, the MMPI is what the. Yeah, no, it's the Minnesota Multi Basic Personality Inventory. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I said yeah. it right. Yes, and um, and then. Uh, but what the were those Meyer, letters that you mentioned? Oh, oh the yeah. INFJ. Um, so yeah, it's introvert, IN. Intuitive. Uh, intuitive. F is feeling, and J it's judgment. So those are the diff basically the different ways that you perceive the world, basically, or what those. And you can look this up easily on Google and and figure out. And they have um, short assessments online that everyone yeah, the, could take. Yeah, the test is called Myers Briggs. M E Y E R S Briggs B R I G G S. And you can take that test, and it'll tell you which yep. four letters. There's S. P, J, whatever, there's all these different letters. So I'm I'm an yeah. ENFP, which means um, extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceptive. Um, I'm not on the yeah. judgment side, I'm on the perceptive side. So they, they're, you know, I tend to be around a lot of people like Melanie, because uh, I like, because I'm like, we let's just fly off this bridge and think that we're gonna <laughs> save the world and it's gonna reach up to catch us, which is, great to be positive like that but it also hey, you know, helps around people that are more on the judgment side that are like maybe that's not such a good idea <laughs> you, you yeah. know what's really funny is i took i took one of those tests i don't know if it's the same one you're talking about or not but uh you know with a big business group and and uh and here i've got a national chain of of clinics and i came out uh i came out sensitive and compassionate but i came out zero on leadership <laughs> really so, Oh, yeah. that's hard for me to believe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, okay. not, I'm not a leader. I mean, my 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 little sister runs the clinics because she likes business. <laughs> I, I, I got business. You. you. I can barely spell it. I, I like, you know, seeing people and clinical stuff. And so well, I'm, I'm not a leader. I'm, I'm more like a cheerleader. I'm more like a cheerleader. Yes. Yeah, you're you. definitely a cheerleader. I can't help being a leader, even if I was going to be one. Even if that's bad leader, I told that to a business owner I worked with once. I was he just everything I told him to do, which 90% of what I told, and he made a lot of money, so obviously I didn't, you know, and and not illegally, so um, I didn't do too bad of a job. But you know, he would just blind everything that came out of my mouth was like a direct quote from wherever, you know, above, and I was like, listen, don't just blindly follow everything I say. Just because I'm a leader doesn't mean I'm actually a good one <laughs> all the time. So, um, but, but I have that in my, that's like in my personality to just, you know, be a leader. People were asking me my opinion on how to run their business when I was like 24 and they were 40, they were my age, 48. And I would look at them like, why are they asking me this? I have no, and I would say, well, maybe you should think about blah, 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 blah. And they would do it. And that's part of, I think, a basic personality trait, too, of people is where they sort of fall on those areas and what comes naturally to them. And if you do it and, and you're, you're not a very nice person or you don't make good decisions, then you can be a leader, like I said, but you can not be a very good one. But you still have that trait of being someone who leads. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it all falls on a spectrum. I mean, there's... There's been, I mean, I've taken in personality inventory several times, and every now and again, I'm really close to um, an E instead of an I, an extrovert instead of an introvert. But 
I, I've said before on the show, I'm totally an ambivert, which is kind of your both. Yeah. Um, you're an introvert and an and, and extrovert. It just kind of depends on the situation you're in. Um, but I, I, personality is fascinating. I mean, I think it ties into our souls um, of, of who God made us to be. And uh, I, it, it can change over the years. Um, life events, I feel like, can kind of change your personality. Uh, I do think, I mean, even every, everyone, you know, every mother knows that babies have different temperaments. You know, you have one child and they're one way and then the next one comes along and they're completely different. They're just opposites. Um, so I think, you know, like Paul was saying, some some temperament you're just you're born with and then your environment kind of can create the other thing. So it's very intriguing to me. Personality is is kind of yeah. the root of who we are. So, and some and some yeah. people inherit in, inherit uh, unhealthy. You know, most of the stuff we inherit is fine. You know, you know, we need people that are perfectionists. We need people that are more histrionic, and you know, we need people of different personality types. That's what makes the world interesting. But but uh, uh, we a lot of people inherit um, some things that affect our personality. I mean, probably we all inherit some things that may affect our personality negatively like i've got add you know and that's a inherited thing and, and on medication i do better some people inherit so much perfectionism that they um you know that they're that they are always self-critical and they get counseling and everything but they still stay self self-critical because it's so genetic and serotonin related and and then they get on a serotonin medicine and a few weeks later they quit being self-critical without even trying to to uh quit you know, so some some things, uh, some people are real paranoid, and, and some people are born extremely shy. Like you said, you may have six kids, and five of them are extroverts, and one's so shy, he doesn't even want to go out in public at all. And <laughs> uh, and that can be inherited in, in uh, four days on a GABA medicine, and, and they're over it. You know, they're, they're normal. So some things that are inherited are detrimental in our personality, but they can, nowadays, with modern uh, medicine, we can fix almost all, almost any of them. It's really, it's really fun being a psychiatrist now as compared to 40 years ago when we couldn't do much about that. Right, right. Well, that's interesting too about you know tweaking your your. It's not really tweaking so much your personality. It's tweaking your behavior. Isn't that how we look at it? Because yeah, you're, you're changing. You're just you're just making your brain chemistry normal. And I tell people when you take. Uh, a medicine that that corrects an abnormality in, in our personalities, then 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 uh, what you're like when you're on the medicine is the real you, because it's you how you would have right. been if you wouldn't have inherited a low dopamine or a low GABA or a low serotonin or a low norepinephrine. Or, um, it, it's it's you how you would have been if you wouldn't have inherited that. So the real you emerges on medication, and, and not very you know not maybe 20 percent or 10 percent of the population of 15 need, need medication for things like that. Uh, but that's quite a, quite a few people. You know? Right. Right. Well, I, I don't know if I've, if you know about this, Paul, and I, I haven't totally shared it with the listeners yet. Cause I'm going to do it with the person that I, the nutritionist that's also a mental health counselor I did this with, but there was a, there's a new test genetic test that has come out where you can test, for things um, like personality disorders. And of course, we, there's already genetic tests that talk about 
where, you know, what brain chemistry, what your uh, happy brain chemicals are doing that's off kilter, <laughs> not working properly. And, yeah, there's um, a lot it, of breakthroughs on the horizon. Yeah, and it definitely showed, you know, my dopamine and serotonin is like just not, there is a horrible disconnect there and that those are that's in my genes or it, it, it doesn't mean that it had to. I'm not quite sure how these things work, but anyway, those particular alleles, I guess, is what they're called, showed up for, oh, okay, this makes sense. Why taking an antidepressant that helps with the serotonin and the dopamine helps me. Um, but what's interesting about that is when I got this result, these results back and I really looked at them, I thought, ah, this is why forever it has felt like just to feel what it feels like um, to be a person that has a general sense of well-being requires yeah. so much effort because things just are not connecting right. And that's in my genes. Yeah. Did, we talk, did we talk about this last time? No. No. Okay. So, you know, for people like that, I mean, that can mess with your personality. And then you, you work on getting those things um, aligned with medications, supplements, the right food, whatever it is, you know, exercise, then you can be what your real personality is, because you're not um, being, you're not burdened anymore with it's, it does, if it, it feels like you're carrying an anvil and you around, that's what depression feels like too. And you can't just be yourself, your real personality, because you're exhausted from what isn't firing properly in your body or yeah. your brain. Yeah. Like some people are, are, uh, uh arrogant, condescending, they're always right. You're always wrong. And, and, and they're that way, you know, uh, some people become that way because they, they're just, come in. <laughs> That's me being awful. Oh, my God. My phone was, oh, my gosh. My phone was what, what bells? I don't hear any, I don't hear any bells. Did you hear bells? <laughs> I don't hear any either. I didn't hear anything. Just you, Kristen. I didn't hear anything. Kristen, are you the only one that heard it? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. And, and, and anyway, some people are, are uh, arrogant, condescending, and, and always right, and you're always wrong, and things like that, because they're just jerks, you know, and they, they chose to become more and more that way. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, some people are that way because they were abused so bad growing up. But some people are born, um, you mentioned dopamine, some people are born with a, uh, enough of a low do dopamine so that they become more paranoid, and paranoid people behave that way. And I've seen people that when I got to know them in, in, yeah, as a patient, that I've, I really sensed, you know, they, they came from nice families and they had a nice mate, and they, you know, that, that, uh, that, that it was genetic because they were somewhat that way their whole lives. And, and, uh, and you can put them on a dopamine medicine for about eight days and, and those bad traits disappear in somebody mm -hmm. where it's genetic. You know, if they're, if they're narcissistic, they'll never come and see you in the first place unless they, <laughs> unless they want you to change their mate. So they'll be compliant, you know, so. How does that, that, that's the thing that, um, I don't know, I don't want to say kills me, but it just, it confounds me when people who have the same stuff happen for years, people run away from them, uh, they, you know, just, they, no doctor can help them, no therapist can help them, they're jerks all the time. Uh, they even know that they're jerks and they don't want to 
change. And it even confounds me more when it's someone who's actually in the mental health profession. (laughs) I think you study this stuff. How is it? Like, I always think, do they know that they're really a jerk and they just don't care? Like that, that kind of of that way. Some of them don't know it. Some of them don't know it, but I think some of them know it and don't, don't care. If they wrote a book, they wrote a book on how to be a jerk and manipulate people, you know? Right. So right. How to win friends and influence people, how to, how to lie, cheat, steal, and manipulate people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that uh, there, there's all types of personalities out there and um, navigating it. And maybe some of the thing that someone who, strives to always evolve to be kinder um have more love have a closer connection with god all of those things is maybe the maybe a key is to be less confounded and just um realize there are just personalities out there that are not pleasant and they don't care about being pleasant and that's just the way it is so you don't need to be confounded that's just the way it is and and don't wait around for them to change because then you'll be just you'll be uh, depressed. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if you keep hoping mm-hmm. your mate's going to change, then mm-hmm. uh, then you're going to get depressed. And there's some people that are that are uh, believers uh, and religious that that think that if you pray that God will make your mate change, that God will do that. And I, I believe the Bible, and, and I know God's powerful, but but I think He gives us a free will, and I don't think He's going to make your mate change. Uh, yeah. I think you can pray until the cows come in, you know. And, and God won't make your mate change unless your mate wants uh, God to allow him in his life to make a change. Right, exactly. Since you brought up, since you brought up God, my favorite chapter in the whole Bible talks about personality. And it's Psalm 139. And it says that uh, when you were in your mother's womb, just forming, and with little buds, you know, little knees and arms and legs and stuff coming out of that, that little... Uh, 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 early embryo, uh, God designed you with certain strengths and weaknesses. And so, you know, we're all really good at some things and we're all really lousy at some things. And, and uh, he, so he designed us in our mother's womb, it says, and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Everybody's wonderful. Uh, it, it, whether you, you have a birth defect or a severe one or, or whatever defects we may have, you're wonderful in God's eyes, and you'll spend eternity with uh, with a normal uh, personality and body and brain and all that. But, uh, so we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And then as we grow older, with one arm, it says with one arm he hugs us, and with the other arm he leads us. And then David, uh, King David wrote that, and he concluded the chapter by saying, search me, O God, and show me my innermost thoughts, show me my unconscious thoughts, so I can walk in a way that's pleasing to you. So you talk about becoming more loving, we really need uh, God's help to do that. And uh, I want to share a quick story, and then and then, and then I'm going to shut up because I, I feel guilty about the hysterical side of me that, you know, that <laughs> tries to get too much attention. <laughs> I have a lot of guilt. You, know? you may not know it. <laughs> I keep doing it anyway. But, uh, but uh, I know, I know, no one likes commercials. But seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air, please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. 
and they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. I uh, I went to a. Um, I never wear blue jeans. You know, I, I I just I'm just not the type. You know, I hardly ever do. And I had to go to a Super Bowl party a few years ago, and uh, and so I dug out my blue jeans that were hanging on a nail in my closet, and they, and, and I probably wore them three times in the previous three years, and and never washed them or anything. You know, because you know if you only wear them three times in three years, I guess you don't. So I put them on and went to the Super Bowl party. And, uh, um, oh, the, the night before, I forgot. I had a dream the night before the, the Super Bowl party. And um, in the dream, um, uh, Jesus was in the dream. Sometimes, maybe once every three or four months, I'll have what I call a God dream where, where Jesus will be in it or or something God-like will be in it. And then I, I, I just write it off as coincidence unless something happens the next day or the next two days that verifies it. But, um, but anyway, I had a dream where um, Jesus said, look up the word acknowledge. Cause my, and the reason he said that, he, he, he was sharing um, with me my life verse since I was 16. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And all, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So I was thinking about that verse in, in the dream, and, and Jesus said, well, go look up that word, acknowledge, to see what it really means. And so I woke up and uh, from the dream and went and got a Bible concordance in the other room and looked up the word acknowledge. And one of the meanings really surprised me. It, it, it says, it said one of the meanings of that Hebrew word acknowledge is to be aware of, of God's presence in your life in a whole bunch of subtle ways that you don't even imagine. So there's a lot of things happening in our lives where God's behind the scenes and he allows certain things and prevents certain things and wants us to learn from things. And, and so he's involved in our lives in a lot of different ways. And, and that really added a lot of meaning to that passage to me to, you know, just walk, as I go through a day, look around at different things that are happening and see how God's involved, even in uh, the types of things my clients bring up and things like that. And, and then I went to the Super Bowl party the next day. Put on my old blue jeans. I knew there was a story behind it, you know. <laughs> and uh, and um, and then when I took them off, a piece of metal fell out of my blue jeans pocket on the floor um, after I got home. And, and uh, the piece of metal, I didn't. You just tiny little piece of metal that you with a hole in it that you hang on your keychain. And I I didn't remember ever getting it before. I'm sure I picked it up off the sidewalk sometime and stuck it in my pocket. Forgot about it, but. It, it 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 had the words in all your ways acknowledge him on the piece of metal and I thought mm-hmm. okay that's verification that you know you really want me to do that in my life watch you know look look around me more and see ways that you're uh, working in my life so God loves us and wants to help us change but He won't make us change you know but if we ask Him for help then I think He'll help us to love more I, I don't I don't know how to love. Naturally, I think God has to teach me how. My Yorkies know how to love, but, but I don't. <laughs> I don't love unconditionally. I, I have to work at it. 
Okay. Yeah. Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Melody, you go. I know you got lots to say. Well, <laughs> I mean, again, personality to me is it's 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 why I went into psychology. Quite honestly, I mean, everyone loves studying abnormal psychology, which is basically the psychology class in college where you learn about personality disorders, all the disorders, everything in the diagnostic statistics manual, you learn that in abnormal psychology. But more than anything, I just, I love knowing people. I love different personalities. I mean, I, I truly believe that each one of us has a little piece of Jesus in them. And the more people we know and, and know well uh, and acknowledge, then the more we get to know the heart of Christ. And that's why I love knowing people at an intimate level and not just this. I mean, to me, I, I, that's part of my personality is that I don't like small talk. It's boring to me. I have no desire to go around and sit about, sit around and talk about things that don't really matter. It just, it's, it's excruciating. <laughs> I just don't enjoy it. Some people really enjoy doing that. They're just lighthearted. They're much more laid back and they just can do that. And it's fun to them. That is not fun to me. Um, and so I, I've always been fascinated with people and I still, I, I still, every, every person that I get to know, it's, it's incredibly, it's like, what makes this person tick? What, what is, what is personality? I mean, and it, it's a big part of, of what being a good counselor is because you have to know your, your clients well in order to help them get to a better place because not every person is going to respond to the same type of treatment. So knowing your client well will help you be able to be a, a better counselor, I think. So um, it, it there, there's nothing that we can avoid <laughs> about personality. It is very intriguing to me when people have drastic changes in personality, but I have seen it happen. And I, I, I think I can honestly say most of the time it is a God thing. Sometimes it's a traumatic event can really change a person and it doesn't always have to be in a negative way. Sometimes it can be a really positive thing uh, when they go through something. It just changes their entire perspective. You know, so there's also a, a pet, an animal can change someone's personality. But those drastic personality changes are so incredibly interesting. I think about. Uh, people in the Bible, Paul, like Saul and and people's personality that really changed in the Bible um, and how they were used later in life to do wonderful things when they kind of first started off as being real jerks. And yeah. so uh, it's, it's again, it's fascinating to me. It's it's really what kind of, you know, gets me going. I love talking about it. I could talk about it all day. So. Well, when we look at when we're looking at, you know, working with someone and, and their basic personality, I guess, um, do you guys find, I'll start with you, Paul, that, you know, people tend to cluster towards personalities that are like their own or that they believe are like their own or that they want to adopt as their own, um, but they, people kind of cluster no. and <laughs> don't. <laughs> you don't think that? Uh -uh. I think. Opposite. Okay, tell me, tell me what you think. You think the opposite of that. Okay. Yeah, I think 
uh, like even in marriage, you know, you, sometimes you run into a husband and wife that are real similar to each other, but lots of times, uh, one, if one's a real perfectionist and obsessive compulsive and, and, uh, that type of personality, uh, the other one will tend to be a lot more histrionic and emotional. And I think in a way we look for, uh, people that have what we wish we had, you know, like people that are real emotional in a good way, you know, emotional, uh, people, uh, sometimes are more dependent. And, and so they admire somebody that's more, uh, organized and, gets things done and, and more uh, independent and things. And uh, the person that's a, a typical engineer, you know, or, or neurosurgeon or something, you know, that's uh, like Dr. Spock in Star Wars, uh, I mean, Star Trek, you know, he didn't have any feelings. He was real brilliant, but he didn't. They asked him, have you ever experienced anger? And he scratched his head and said, hmm, no, I don't think I've ever experienced that emotion, you know. <laughs> so some people that... Some people that are logical but don't experience emotions, but they sort of wish they could, you know, uh, will be attracted to people that are emotional to sort of help them change. And I think it's a good thing. But I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of times where people are attracted to similar people. But I guess maybe in friendship. Yeah, I forgot about that. I totally spaced out that you do do that because, like, my ex-husband is exactly – he's so opposite of me. But – you you kind of we've become more alike and but you know we're going on 32 years of friendship now you know, you know relationship yeah. but i forgot about that you know the opposites attract thing um yeah so there's something with me folks tonight where i'm like gosh isn't it weird when you run into someone and they're so different from you <laughs> i am thinking that of course that's called human the human race you know another thing too is that uh, if you have uh, 10 faults, let's say, well, you know, I'm, we all have 100, but let's say if you have 10 faults and you marry somebody that's got 10 faults, uh, his fault won't bother you that much, except for if you have two in common, if you have two, <laughs> two faults that are just like yours, you won't see it in you, but you'll get really ticked off at him for having those faults. And he'll get mad at you for having faults that remind him of himself. So. Uh, the things that we have in common uh, often get us, you know, hacked off at each other, too, because if they're negative things, you know, the things we have in common that are good things, you know, that's that's fine. But we tend to get mad at people that remind us of ourselves. That's true. Projection, but then that's projection. Yeah. But then there's that piece where you're you and maybe this is just this comes from the unhealthy parts of family. But um, there's this big pull in in my family history to choose someone because they need all your help that you're you're applying for sainthood and you're the no be end and uh, be all of all that is that needs to change about them and so you marry them in order to make them in to mold them into what you think they should be <laughs> but i'd say that's probably a personality disorder <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> Melanie, you, you probably remember who who wrote about that stuff, but there's some famous uh, psychologist who who felt like we all fall into either either we're a persecutor, you know, a jerk that goes around hurting people, or we're a victim that allows ourselves to get hurt, or we're a rescuer that tries to 
Rusty teeth. Uh, it sounds so familiar, but I'm not, it's not on the tip of my tongue. I keep thinking about yeah. Imago therapy. Do you know what that is, Paul? I've heard Do of you it. Know? Yeah, it's an Imago. And I'm sure we're not all one of those three, but, but you're yeah. like, like, like you're a, you want to be a rescuer. And, and that's, you love, I mean, that's a, that's not a, a, it can become a negative thing if you overdo it, right. but that's a wonderful thing. And you, you know, you got a heart of gold and you, I know you really love people and you care about them. And so you want to rescue them. And so do, and Melanie and I do too, because I guess people that go into become therapists, a lot of us do it other than to figure ourselves out. You know? right. <laughs> a lot of us, a lot of us do it because we like helping people, you know, but sometimes we overdo it and rescue people that would be better off left to, to solve some of their own problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about, think about all the different, clinicians we studied in college, Paul. I mean, think about all of the different types of therapy that we study. Basically, they're just different personalities. <laughs> they're just they're mm -hmm. just a product of whatever part, like you've got unconditional positive regard. You've got, you know, all these different types of ways that you can approach counseling. And really, it's just about whatever the personality is. You know, it's we could probably sit back and kind of have a fun game like the founder of cognitive behavioral therapy. What kind of personality yeah. do you think they had, Paul? You know, what, what do you, you know, think they were like? <laughs> you know, when, when I, when I hire a therapist, uh, yeah. I'll ask them, well, well, what, what kind of therapy do you do? And if, if they just name one type, well, I always do blah, blah, blah. Then I, yeah. I don't even want them to be I a therapist. But yeah. I, I want somebody that, that will use different things, different strokes for different folks. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause, cause uh, different people, some people need, for you to listen more and so people need uh for you to be direct more a little bit more directive and but you know and, and different people need you need gestalt therapy where you get them in touch with feelings and things like that and we talked about the mmpi earlier i used to give i used to do therapy uh, i just do medicine now and and, and uh, supervise but i mean do a, i do a little bit of therapy as i go but when i did therapy i would give all my clients the mmpi um when they began therapy and then uh, after about nine months or a year of therapy coming once a week, I'd have them repeat it. And uh, mm -hmm. if, if they did pretty good work and I did pretty good work, it would change. You know, they, they, would, they would really improve even on their psychological testing. And what's really cool about the day program um, is people can do that nine months worth of changing in about, in about three weeks uh, where, wow. where it'll actually uh, change. Um, they, uh, because we're digging and probing and, and you know, for seven hours a day, five days a week for three weeks. And I had a, we had a pastor in there, I remember that had a 7,000 member church. And, and, uh, and so his staff had done a lot of pastoral counseling, but he was real suicidally depressed and stuff when he came in. And, and uh, three weeks later, he was ready to go home. But, and he was real happy, but he came, when he came in my office to say goodbye, he started crying. And I said, well, what are you crying about? He says, I just, it's a good cry, a good tears. He says, I, I just want you to know, I've never seen, I'm a pastor of this many people, and we've counseled hundreds and hundreds of people, and, and I've never seen people's lives change so dramatically in such a short period of time as I have, as I have here. And he said, I, know, I wish I could go. In America, you know? <laughs> I wish I could go, but it would be change. inappropriate. Now that we work together, it would not be appropriate, but I think about it all the time that I just, Oh, 
you know, that that would be, I would feel so safe. And, but it, this is how ridiculous I am. I had a dentist that I worked for, we're talking over two decades ago. And I, I, I go to other dentists, but I, I had a dream the other night that I had something really wrong with a tooth. And I'm sure you have an interpretation of that, but I literally in my dream was like, freaking out it was something wrong with my whole mouth and it was like this big deal and i in my dream i was like i flew myself to the middle of the united states where this dentist is from decades ago because i wouldn't let anyone else touch my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so i can get attached like that but um but Do yeah you know what, that mean? what you want you want to know uh in front of all yeah uh, thousands of people that are listening to us right now no it's <laughs> that's a common dream when when you when you dream, uh, when you dream about your teeth, uh, like you know your teeth falling out, or, or you have decay and stuff. I mean, once in a while, they say once in a while because you really do, you know, have decay and you can sort of sense it, you know, sense the pain and stuff. But most of the time, it, it has to do with uh, saving face. Like, um, mm -hmm. if, if you're worried about what somebody uh, thinks of you, you know, maybe you met some new people or or. Uh, you were worried about how you came across with some people or something. It's not, it's not a bad thing. But, but if, you're, uh, if you're worried about saving face and not looking bad in front of a group of people, you have a dream that your teeth are falling out and then you, you, know, you want to go get them fixed so that you don't look bad. You want to save face. In other words. Well, that fits across the board with me. Melanie knows I'm getting better when I call her last to say, can you read this email before I read it? <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs someone to like you know especially when you're a radio host personality you need someone to scan your emails i think yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't even funny. read mine uh i mean the, the ones i get at the clinic I, uh, i've got a clinic email address and i haven't looked at any of those emails in about 10 years uh, well, but you there's can. somebody that there's somebody that's supposed to be scanning them for me. I don't even know who does it anymore <laughs> to make sure it's not something important. You know? Right. And then if it is something important, then they send it on to you, I guess. Yeah. 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 Every every doctor, every doctor has that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That There's no way, especially when you're talking about, you know, doing med checks and that. And you've got so many people you're seeing in an hour even. There's just no way. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. But I read all my personal ones, you guys. So when you send me yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I can tell when you're tapping them out on your phone as opposed to your iPad because they format <laughs> it differently. And when they come in in this big giant blurb where everything yeah. is like wrapped around, I'm like, oh, I think that one probably came from his phone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think we covered kind of the basics of personality. Um, I think what I'd love for listeners to realize because and this has been a journey for me too, is um, part of loving God and part of loving, well, part of that is that you have to love yourself and also love your personality. I, I'm really, happy, I'm really happy about mine. I don't like some of my behavior. Okay. And, and there's really, that's a very big distinction. So think about that listeners. You can that's not like good. some of your behavior, but if you, I really do think that I have a lovely personality. Like I, I think my personality is just really great. I, and I've not felt that 
you know, but for most of my life, but now in my, my late forties, I definitely am like, yeah, you know, you're really cool. Now these behaviors, some of them really need to work. <laughs> yeah. There's, but, there's, there's a, we need all different kinds of personalities in, in the world. They're off the world would really be boring. And, and even when Jesus picked his disciples, they had a lot of different uh, personality types. You know, Peter was real histrionic and, uh, you know, emotional and, um, stuck his foot in his mouth sometimes. And the Apostle Paul was real, you know, professionistic when he started, but he became a lot more compassionate. Uh, like you said, he started out killing people if they didn't believe yes. what he believed, you know. <laughs> then he ended up doing yeah. his own life, you know, so. People change. What, what what are before we quit? Let, let's. Uh, what are some personality types? Uh, like there, we talked about, paranoid personalities uh, feel like they're superior to others and like other people are out to get them, and they ascribe evil motives to others, and and um, and they're condescending, and and uh, in a lot of executives of Fortune 500 companies are paranoid. And and, uh, and when they're kind of sending the other people believe that they're really superior. So yes. <laughs> and then and then some people are perfectionists, you know, obsessive compulsive, and that can be a good thing, you know, where they're organized and conscientious, uh, conscientious and uh, um, uh, yeah, organized. They make good grades. They succeed uh, uh, the most probably, but they, sometimes they enjoy it the least. And then there's the histrionic that's real emotional and. And uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, you know, it's so funny because when I Google that, you know, there's all kinds of different things that come up, but they all, all of the top ones that come up go to that Myers-Briggs test. Like you can go to personalitypage.com and it lists, you know, um, the 16 different personality types. I'm going to read these really quickly because I yeah, know we're, yeah. but you can go to personalitypage.com and you can take the test there and all that, but there's, um, Okay, so if you go to personalitypage.com and you you know kind of go around there, there, this research was developed by Carl Jung, um, Catherine Briggs, and Isabel Briggs Myers. And what it talks about is there's an E, which is extroverted sensing. There's an I, which is introverted. There's intuit. There's your introverted intuition, intuition, uh, extroverted thinking, introverted thinking, extroverted feeling, introverted feeling, and they go into um, different, you know, what those different things mean. So they look at things like, okay, so E and I is for extroverted or introverted. S and N is for sensing or intuitive. T or F is for thinking or feeling. J or P is for judging or perceiving. So when you take this test, which I did, had the same thing happen as you, Melanie, when I first took it when I was 17, I think I was an INFP. Mm. Um, so I was on the I side, but I was barely over Very the line. To the, yep. And then I, I took it in my later 30s and I was just a hair more over into the E. So, and that makes sense. You know, more in, I got more self-confidence as like I got about older, so I was a little more extroverted. But the way that they sort of put all this together is people can be an I, you know, an INTP, um, an EN or ESFJ. I mean, there's all these different variants and it, it doesn't mean that everything fits who you are, but it helps it you. Doesn't mean you're of, locked into it either. Exactly, you're not yeah. locked into it, but it sort of it's helps you understand. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it helps you understand what, you know, like I have a friend who absolutely I am perplexed by, uh, but he's a scientist. Uh, he comes alive when talking about the things that make me want to go to sleep. And <laughs> I want to talk about like emotional stuff. And he just like, you're literally not going to go there in any way, but he isn't purposely trying to avoid that. He just doesn't, that's not where he lives. So, you know, so he probably is, you know, like an STJ something and I, or, you know, an ESTJ, but it's really helpful to go in and these tests are free and it just kind of gives you an understanding of what your basic personality is um, or can't, yeah. or, you know, can be. I asked another psychiatrist friend one time about 30 years ago, I said, what personality test do you think I have? And he said, you've got a completely different one. It's called obsessive obnoxious. <laughs> obsessive oh my gosh <laughs> that's the thing that's great about you paul okay so because you're so um well you're humble that's that's one thing that's so great you want to help people like it's your natural like you know we used to use the term rescuer um yeah the three of us could take a number for that role, but you naturally want people to feel good. And then you also like, you know, things you, you will laugh about yourself louder than someone else. Like someone could point out a flaw of your, yours and you would laugh louder than, than they would. And you're like, yeah, that's who I am. What is that called when you're that way? I, I, I wasn't that way. Um, when I was young, I mean, I was, I was a nice kid. I mean, I, I think I was loving and kind and stuff, but, but I, I used to be real defensive. And, and, uh, when I got out of psychiatry, it, actually going into psychiatry really helped me to come out of that. But even before, even before I went into psychiatry, I started uh, back in the sixties, they started having girls groups and stuff. And, and so I thought, well, that's different. I'll get involved in one. And, and, uh, and after I was in there for about two weeks, somebody in the group said, Meyer, you're really defensive. I said, I am not. <laughs> and somebody else in the group said I was too. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they went around the room and everybody in the group, there were about six of us or eight of us, said I was defensive. And, and I just thought they were all wrong. And I walked out to my car, you know, sort of ticked off. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I told my wife, I said, can you believe all those people think I'm defensive? And she said, well, I think you are too. And it dawned on me, it's theoretically possible that, that I'm wrong and you're all right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so that, that was the beginning of of opening up more and and, and now you know i you know when i did live radio every day you know the couple million people somebody would call in and and say you know that's my you know i lusted today and i said you know what when i was driving here i saw somebody jogging and i started having the wrong kind of thoughts too and then I, I decided god help me to see that person as a human being as my sister and that, you know, as an object. And, uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I would talk about stuff like that. And I, I, I take the MMPI about every oh, five or six years and it comes out on the computer of, of, uh, the gal that runs her day program. And so I, I took it uh, a few years ago. And so it's coming off the machine and before she hands it to me, she's reading one page at a time and then handing it to me. <laughs> so she's reading my MMPI before I even see it. You know? <laughs> Then when I read it, you know, I said that uh, it said, you know, uh, most, you know, that mostly good things, you know, but it, it said, uh, I tend to stick my foot in my mouth 
and symptoms that hurt people's feelings without intending to and stuff like that. And, uh, and I said, does that sound like me? And she said, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my personality is changing. You know, it's changed in a lot of ways over the years. It's, it's different. You know, it's got a lot of the basic similarities, like you mentioned in those letters, but, but it's, yeah. it's changing. Well, there's a, there's something, I guess it's humility where you just sort of accept, yeah, I got those flaws. That was something I loved so much about my stepfather. Uh, he had this great laugh and he, you could say something to him about what he did that was annoying or that was just, you know, not such a great behavior. And he would laugh louder than everybody else. And he worked, cared and he would work, you know, improving those things. But he um, he just would be like, yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, he had friends all over the world that just absolutely loved him, students that loved him. And I thought that right there is an example of how, you know, I would want to be. Now, somebody else would look at that and think, oh, that's horrible or no, you don't need to be that. But for me, that was a great role model. Mm. It's good to be able to laugh at yourself, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always drawn to it, real, it's um, it's a real strong <laughs> person out. It does. Yeah, exactly. You should do that later. <laughs> yeah, Melanie, you are attracted to strong personalities, but you have, one, you have one of your own. You're just very um, quiet about it. Yes, I have. I, I did not used to be. I've become much more tempered with mm -hmm. age, definitely. Um, but everyone, you know, everyone will just be like, yep, that's Melanie. <laughs> You're no pushover. That's, that's, that's Melanie. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's me. So yeah, I, I like people with strong personalities and uh, yeah, engaging, makes life fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. just because you're quiet about it does not mean you're a pushover because if anybody came to me thinking that, and we actually, we did have someone that thought that and brought it up to me and I started laughing. I said, well, then you haven't gotten to know her because <laughs> <laughs> she ain't no pushover. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, I can be real kind. I can be real kind, but I'll definitely uh, stick to my guns and yep don't like it which when other people don't so <laughs> which is real good that's for hard me for people to do that's hard to be assertive it's hard yeah. to be assertive but that's yeah. the thing that people listening to us right now and our listening family uh you know it's something to practice is uh telling people how you feel in yeah. polite ways you know speaking the truth in love speak do you speak the truth tell people the truth in a loving way it saves so much time and practice. The best thing about my relationship with my ex is that I got so much practice from him on learning how to speak my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now we just, I'll say, you know, I really don't, that does not make me feel good that, that what you just said. Like, we don't even think about it. We can just say, the niceties and stuff that, I mean, we're nice about it, but we can just be honest and say, and he'll say, Chris, that just sounded kind of crass or whatever. And it doesn't, we just go, Oh, okay. And we work on it. And it's really nice to get to that place with people where you can just be yourself. 
you're not watching what you're you're watching what you're saying because you want to be a kind person and hopefully it's habit to become that that's your personality but if something stings you even a little bit that you can just right away say hey this is what's going on with me and that that person hears you and cares enough to investigate and if needed change their behavior so that's um, really important uh, people uh, listening to us right now what she said just now what Christian said just now is extremely important that every single uh, one of us um, needs to have at least one person in our lives that we can just let our hair down and be ourselves with and think out loud with and cry with and laugh with and, and uh, feel sorry for ourselves with and you know and, and, and that'll be honest with us not just tell us what we want to do but we all need somebody in our lives like that no man's an island no man stands alone um, you know the, the most uh, unhappy person in the world is somebody that is all alone you know, you yeah. at least yeah. one person that you can share everything with absolutely yeah. I've always had a prayer partner you know I've always had a prayer partner when my first one died uh, I had one for 30 years you know that was another psychiatrist and, and, uh, and we'd confess our sins to each other and pray for each other and encourage each other and all that and then he died in, uh, about oh, 15, 17 years ago, something like that, 15 years ago. And so I, I picked a psychologist in Paris, France <laughs> that I'd done some, some things with. And, and uh, he, he said, yeah, I'll do it, but, but uh, tell me, you know, he lives in Paris still. I mean, he was born there and he's, he, he lives there. And he said, why why do you want somebody in Paris to be your, your uh, prayer partner? You know, and I said, well, we do it by the email. We do it by email. But I said, well, for one thing, you're 5,000 miles away, so I don't mind confessing about anything to you because it's not gonna, it's not gonna get back to me, you know. And I said another, another thing is, is that uh, uh, you're a psychologist and I'm a psychiatrist, so we can analyze why we're tempted in certain areas. And I said and the third one is that my first prayer partner was such a sincerely godly guy; it was always me confessing to him. And uh, and I said you're French, so I know you'll sin at least as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he laughed and said, "I'm qualified. I accept." <laughs> you do. You want to hear the real deal. That's why you know. Yeah. We, that's the point. That's why. That's really a big reason why I, I talk so much about mental health. I really just you. It's. I told someone today that I'm working with. She's so confident, and she's got this whole thing all planned out that we're going to do next year. And I said I was trying to get to a point with her, and she was not understanding where I was trying to get to. Typical person, get to the point. I'm sure listeners, you scream that at the, however you're listening to the, these shows. But um, I finally said, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm kind of insecure about what you're proposing. Uh, and, I'm insecure about it. And it would make me feel good to know that you're a little bit insecure about it too. <laughs> and she said, well, yeah, yeah, I am. I've never done it for a digital media network. So yeah, I'm a little insecure. And I was like, oh, that's all I needed to know. Now we can move on next item on the agenda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to know that people are human, you know, that we're yeah. human we cry and we make mistakes we feel insecure that we yeah. you know we feel negative about ourselves all those things so that's part of our personality but anyway thank you both for this one tonight this was really yeah. this was a good one we needed to take a windy road because personalities are windy roads yeah. <laughs> yes they are and, and they're fluid 
Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you to our listening family for tuning in to our show, Roundtable Discussions with Dr. Paul Meyer on personality with myself, Kristen Walker, and Melanie Van. Hi, this is Dr. Paul Meyer, founder of the National Chain of Meyer Clinics. I've often told you about how people just like you are getting the healing that they need from emotional issues like depression, anxiety, anger problems, and relational problems. We wanted to share with you Mickey's experience at our day program and how it has affected his life. The Meyer Clinics has been a real blessing to me. Dr. Meyer told me that people get well here and my life has been completely changed. I have been symptom free for three years and I'd recommend it to anybody that really wants to overcome an emotional problem of any kind. Mickey's story is like so many others that we receive. It's an encouragement to us, and we hope it will also be an encouragement to you to call us to get the emotional help that you've needed. Please call toll-free 888-7-CLINIC to be connected to the Meyer Clinic program nearest you. That's 1-888-7-CLINIC or go to MeyerClinics.com. That's www.meierclinics.com. Without good intentions, I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.